And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The word of God for the people of God. Read New City Catechism question 36 with me. What do we believe about the Holy Spirit? That he is God, co-eternal with the Father and the Son, and that God grants him irrevocably to all who believe. We're in a series in the New City Catechism right now that's discussing the Holy Spirit. It's been exciting to see and to be reminded of and learn and delve into God's Word about what it has to say about the Holy Spirit. The answer was, what do we believe about the Holy Spirit today, was that He is God, co-eternal with the Father and Son, and that God grants him irrevocably to all who believe. Today we'll look at the Holy Spirit being God in God's word in scripture. And we'll look at God granting us that power of the Holy Spirit. That God gives and grants the Holy Spirit to those who believe. Let us begin. I, I, I want us to, as we go through this, not only to learn what we believe about the Holy Spirit, but that we would come to know Him more, like know and experience the Holy Spirit in our life. So I hope as we go through uh, this series of the foundational truths about the Holy Spirit that we actually encounter God in the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's my prayer for this time that through the Holy Spirit being empowered by him we'd learn to love him enjoy him and that we would accomplish God's will in our life that's fun to do and be able to do to walk in his will and accomplish what he has for us and the only way we can do that is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and all that's for his glory all all of that is so that you know God can be glorified in and through us and through our lives I was walking out on the porch this morning. I just slid open the door, left it open uh, for a little while, even though it was 45 degrees or so, and it was wet and, and, and chilly in the air with this moisture and the coldness that we've had of this fall season. And I walked out and walked from one end of the porch, or kind of long, narrow porch, and just looked and was praying and looked this way at the trees and their beauty and the, the, the color of the grass that's green but beginning to brown, the trees and the pine, the, the bark that is just soaked in moisture and the mist as you look through them. You couldn't really see the mountains, but everything was just wet and soaked. And I walked to this side and looked, and I just realized that in praying for the day and praying for the service this morning, that I felt such a peace and a calm. And I wondered what people would give for that. 
like if they could know this in this moment. Sometimes on Saturday nights I go for a walk around the block and I kind of wind through the streets and I hear people gathering and partying and in a lot of senses there's nothing wrong with that to celebrate and have friends over and that's great. But I think a lot of people are doing it in such a manner that they don't ever really achieve a connection with each other and they don't ever achieve what the longing and searching in their heart is for, that they don't ever truly just look out and sense. No anxiety, no worry. It's in God's hands. And in a sense, our text was saying that we have a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an advocate that the world cannot receive. It neither knows him, has experienced that in any way. It can't. The world can't. But you can as a believer. And in a sense, I was just pondering that on the porch this morning, just so thankful that God, your spirit is with me and indwells me and I can have this calm, this peace, this knowing all things are in your hand. That, that's just, I mean, if you can get those glimpses or moments where you're just completely out of the toxic, you know, the toxic life that's, you know, around in the world. It's, it's like, it's glorious, it's beautiful, it's real. It is the reality of God. It is the truth. It is the true situation. It's God with us by His Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about today, that God desired to be with us. And I want to look at that first point that God is, the Holy Spirit is God. He is co-eternal. That means He was not created, he always was. The Holy Spirit, we might think of, maybe when we think of the Trinity, we think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almost like there's a little tear, kind of like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Like there's a lessening, but there isn't. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, co-equal. And we see this in the beginning of creation, in Genesis 1, 1, and 2. In the beginning when God creates everything, and it says in verse 2 that the Spirit hovered over the face of the waters, the face of the deep. The Holy Spirit was there, co-eternal. The Holy Spirit is in creation. The Holy Spirit is the creator with the Father and the Son. He's creator. The Holy Spirit is co-eternal. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not a lesser third in rank. We see this in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke. We see the Holy Spirit in Luke 1, verse 35. We see that when Mary goes, how's this going to happen? You know, what the angels prophesied over her. And it is spoken over her that this will happen 
This conception, this incarnation will happen by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will do this. Matthew says it will be conceived in you, will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And in Luke one thirty five, it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So similar words as in Genesis 1-2, where the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. The Holy Spirit will come and hover over you, Mary, and begin to make all things new in Jesus. An incarnation of all that I am, the Holy Spirit will work that creation in you, that new creation that begins We see the Holy Spirit is creator. We see the Holy Spirit is God. What will be conceived in you will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit, creator, the Holy Spirit, God. In Acts 2, and the day of Pentecost, the gathering in the upper room and the obedience of Jesus saying, go and wait for the promise of the Father to be endued with power from on high. They're obediently there. They're obediently waiting. They don't know exactly what they're waiting for, but the sound of a mighty rushing wind comes. And in Acts 2-3, it says that what hovered above them, what came to rest over them, these flames seemingly of fire above them, rested over each one of them, hovered over each one of them, And they began speaking in tongues and glorifying God. That new creation, the creator, the Holy Spirit, working in the hearts of his people. Hovering over the face of the deep in the beginning. Hovering over the womb of Mary. And hovering between all those believers in that upper room. The Holy Spirit is the creator. The Holy Spirit is God. We see that in Romans eight fifteen through 16, for you did not receive the spirit of, of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Great prayer rifle this morning. Great prayer in seeing that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Something dramatic has happened within us. We might not fully understand it that hour that we first believed when we humbled ourselves, repented, turned away from our sin, and looked toward Jesus and said, I believe I trust in what you accomplished at the cross is my salvation. We might not have known all that has and and, and did happen in that moment. But as we study God's word, we see the Holy Spirit moved inside of us and adopted us and made us his very own. His spirit continues to bear witness with our spirit that we are his, that we are his children the powerful work of the Holy Spirit creating in us new life. The Holy Spirit is the creator. The Holy Spirit is God. And he's the God who works in us and saves us and keeps us. In our text today, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. 
Interesting, isn't that? Jesus is saying, I'm the helper. I am the one the Father has sent. I am, this word is paraclete in the Greek. This helper. Uh, NIV might say uh, counselor. Uh, Another version might say advocate. All these words, comforter, counselor, advocate. All them are trying to describe this word. And Jesus is saying, I'm that. I'm that. In 1 John 2, Jesus says, uh, John writing the gospel says that Jesus is that paraclete, that advocate that we have with, that fa- with the Father. Jesus is the advocate that we have with the Father. And now, in this upper room discourse, this time leading up to the cross in John here, Jesus is comforting them and saying, I'm praying to the Father and I'm asking of the Father that he will give you another paraclete. I am that one, but I'm asking that he will give another paraclete, another helper to be with you forever. You see that the Holy Spirit is the one that keeps us forever, that foreverness of the Holy Spirit, even the Spirit of truth. Jesus' prayer is that we would have that counselor, that helper that would be with us forever. He's trying to comfort them. Jesus is comforting them. In John 14, in the beginning of John 14, he's comforting their hearts. He's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. He's comforting them. And he's comforting them here. I am leaving. I am going to the cross to my death. You're going to be separated from me. I will die. But I will be resurrected and I will send another helper who will be with you forever. So that's very, very comforting words to the disciples. Another helper will come who will be with you forever. You sense the person of the Holy Spirit, don't you? The counselor, the comforter, another one like me. You don't sense like just a force or an energy, though the Holy Spirit is that. He is that mighty rushing wind. He is the rucha that in the Old Testament says is the spirit, the wind of God. He is that, but he's not just an impersonal force. He's not just an impersonal wind. He is the person of God in the Holy Spirit. And you hear that in Jesus' words, I will give you another counselor the holy spirit is that counselor he is that helper he is that god just like jesus in us making jesus and the father real within us the holy spirit is god's love romans 5 3 through 5 says not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings know that knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame it doesn't disappoint us why because god's love has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit god's love is poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has been given to us.
who has been given to us, that gift granted to us irrevocably. God grants the Holy Spirit. God gives the Holy Spirit to us. And he gives us God's love. And when you think of the Holy Spirit being co-eternal, the creator, we see here that the Holy Spirit is love. We think of the character of God. God is love. But here it says that love is the Holy Spirit poured out into our lives. John 17, 26 says, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Wow, this is powerful. This is the love that the Father has for the Son be in you, I in them, and this love in them. And the scripture we read in Romans 5 saying that love is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That is accomplished by the work of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is every bit as much of the nature of God being love as the Father being love and the Son being love. And the Holy Spirit impacts our life with the Father's love for the Son within us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that He is love. Love isn't a created thing. Love is something that always has and always will be because God is love. Jesus is love. The Holy Spirit is love. The triune God is God. The Spirit of God is all-knowing. When we see this all-knowing, we sung, sang about that this morning, about God being all-knowing. In, in 1 Corinthians 2.11, it says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Interesting to ponder, very, very deep thinking. Who knows God? The Spirit of God knows God. Not only knows God, comprehends God, knows His mind, knows His thoughts. Who knows God? who comprehends and can know all of God's thoughts, comprehend them? The Spirit of God. God is all-knowing. 1 John uh, 3.20, there's scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that God is all-knowing. This one in 1 John 3.20 says, For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. God knows everything. He knows everything in your heart. He knows everything, all the secrets of men. But God just knows everything. All through the Bible, God is all-knowing. And who knows all of God? The Spirit of God. That's what we were, we were seeing from this 1 Corinthians 2.11. The Spirit knows and comprehends the thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit 
is God. John 14, 6 through 7, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. I just want us to see that when Jesus described this helper, this paraclete, and he said he would be another helper, another counselor, another advocate, comforter, all those things, another helper, and then it was like common, he said, even the spirit of truth. Interesting, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. This is the first time that this is mentioned, the, the, the paraclete is mentioned, and even the spirit of truth defining him. And so there's a couple of places where Jesus says that the, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. What does that mean? What, what are we looking at here uh, previously in John 14 where Jesus said, I am the truth. And now he's saying, I'm going to give you another helper, even the spirit of truth. Just like me, I am truth. The spirit, the Holy Spirit is the truth. The Father will give you another helper, the spirit of truth, the nature of God is truth. God is truth. And the Holy Spirit is truth. There is no lie in God. We sang about that. There's no shifting shadows with God. He is reality and truth. And the Holy Spirit, even the Holy Spirit, is truth, Jesus is saying. Just like me, Jesus represented the Father. Uh, what it says in John fourteen seven, if you look after Jesus saying, I am the truth. In John fourteen seven, he says, if you had known me, you would have known the Father also. Like to know that I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you know that I am the truth, you would know my Father also. You know I walk in truth and there's no lie in me. There's no lie in the Father and there's no lie in the another helper that he will be giving the Spirit, even the Spirit of truth. There's only truth in him. He'll be a helper. That in John 16 13 said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into the truth in the Father. He'll guide you into the truth of Jesus who said, I am the truth. He'll guide you into truth because the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is truth. John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word, your word is truth. Set them apart by your word and the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into God's word and he will open up God's word to you and he will reveal the truth of God's word to you. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. Jesus said that's what he would do. All truth, all the truth in the Father, all the truth in the Son. He'll guide you into all the truth of his word. The Holy Spirit will be your guide into all truth. All the truth that's in the Father and the Son. John 20, verse 22 said, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Really interesting there towards the end of John. 
receive the Holy Spirit. What do you think Jesus was doing? What do you think he was trying to communicate? Here's what Augustine said when he was studying that. Augustine of Hippo, St. Augustine. Wherefore, when our Lord breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, he certainly wished it to be understood that the Holy Ghost was not only the Spirit of the Father, but of the only begotten Son himself. See that? Not just the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of Jesus. He's saying, from me, receive the Holy Spirit. This was in our commentary study this week, this quote from Augustine in the New City Catechism commentary. And he goes on to say, for the same Spirit is indeed the Spirit of the Father and of the Son, making them the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Spirit, not a creature, but the Creator. The Creator. Father, Son, and Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is Creator. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, the Father, and the breath of Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus combined in us. Can you imagine that, why Jesus would say, it's to your advantage that I go away? And you start seeing like, Wow, we can have this one person in a man walking with us like Jesus, and they're like, this is it, this is the best. And he's going, believe me, it's to your advantage that I go away and I go to the Father and that the Holy Spirit come. We see that advantage as we study the power of the Holy Spirit making the Father and the Son real in us. What do we believe about the Holy Spirit? We believe that he is God and that he is co-eternal with the Father and the Son. He is co-equal. That's what Scripture teaches. And the second point of our catechism answer was, and that God grants him, he gifts him, he gives him irrevocably to all who believe. Irrevocably. The Holy Spirit is given to you, granted to you, given to you, and it's not like he pops in and out of you. He gives him just like Jesus said he will be another helper given to you and he will be granted to you forever see para cleat one who is called alongside it's just a combination of called alongside para cleat the one who's called alongside and Jesus was that he was called to walk alongside And he said, another paraclete will come. One who walks alongside with you and sticks to you and never gives up on you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus won't either. But how does he not do that? He does it through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Father and the Son are with you through the great paraclete of the Holy Spirit clinging, walking with you. You are never alone. In the darkest, deepest, hardest thing you've ever walked through, the Holy Spirit is right there, and He is never leaving you or forsaking you. He's walking right there with you. I don't know if you like any of the Lord of the Rings or not, but Frodo, in his darkest moment, is knocked down, and he's battling this gigantic led on this long journey, exhausted at the end of the journey in Mount Doom, nothing with ashes and blackness and darkness and 
just tar and just black, no sign of a blade of grass or nothing for miles and miles and miles. And now he's been led trying to destroy this evil. And this big giant spider is over him and, and knocks him down and he pulls out this little light that Gladriel has given him and he holds it up like that and it shines in that darkness. And he hears that voice within him saying, in your darkest hour, in your deepest darkness, don't forget the light that comes from the source. This, this light came from the source of God, from the creator God. It was in a tree and it was contained in his like, Don't forget. And he pulls it out in that darkest hour. You forget totally that this whole journey he's at it because he's been through a lot of hard things. But in this, he realizes, I'm dead. I'm going down for the last time. This giant, I'm weary, tired, Spiders over me, I'm doomed, and he pulls it out. And goes, ah, that's all you got to do. Holy Spirit's with me. The light of God is with me, and the power of the Holy Spirit has been granted to you irrevocably by the Father to all who believe. Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper, comforter, that the God will give. The Father will give to you whom the world cannot receive because it neither, neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he'll be in you. So he's like this paraclete alongside you that's so close to your side, he just moves inside you. You know about him. Now you'll experience him from within you. Jesus accomplished that. By what Jesus was going to do in the cross, he goes... Boy, are you guys going to get it good. When I accomplish this, you're not just going to get some man talking on the outside of you. Yes, I'm the Son of God, and yes, I know who Jesus is. But he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. There's going to be someone who's not just alongside you, but he will be in you. And Jesus' blood is the only thing that can clean us out that good to make us the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? the very temple of God. Jesus promised that. And he said, God wants to give this to you. Even earlier in Luke 11, 11 through 13, Jesus says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, instead of giving him a fish, gives him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, gives him a scorpion? The father does that, Jesus is saying. If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Ask. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Ask for the Holy Spirit to be your advocate and be that light in those dark moments. And to penetrate that darkness for you. Ask for the Holy Spirit's strength when you're weary. Ask for the Holy Spirit. He will give it to you. He is a Father who loves you. He'll help walk through you through the valley of the shadow of death to where you fear no evil because you know He is right there alongside you and in you. Acts 1-4, Jesus speaking in His resurrection body. He said, while staying with them, 
real interesting in my study that word staying can be eating with them really interesting while staying with them or eating with them he ordered them not to depart from jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father hear that wait for the promise he always delivers right every promise he delivers wait for the promise of the father which he said you heard from me Jesus had been teaching them all up leading to the cross about the Holy Spirit coming upon them, this paraclete, this another helper coming. Jesus says, I'm sending the promise of my Father and to wait for the promise of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is sent and poured out and they are clothed with power from on high. Wait for the helper, even the Spirit of truth. And the promise of the Father is given and he gives the promise of the Holy Spirit irrevocably. He doesn't move in and adopt you as his kid. Through the Spirit, you cry, Abba, Father. And then he goes, oh, no, no, you're not my son. Give me the Spirit back. It just doesn't happen. He gives the Holy Spirit irrevocably. He knows you, and he pours out, and he gives you him forever. Now I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. This is the promise of the Father. So be encouraged. Be built up in your spirit, man. Be edified, comforted, and consoled. Know you have a counselor bringing God's wisdom to you, standing up and defending you in your hour of need. Know this is the Holy Spirit and know that the Holy Spirit is God himself given to you. I believe there was a, a quote from, I think it was in Sam Storm's commentary. It was by Thomas Torrance. He said, the Spirit is not just something divine or something akin to God emanating from him, not some sort of just action at a distance or some kind of gift detachable from himself. For in the Holy Spirit, God acts directly upon us himself, and in giving us his Holy Spirit, God gives us nothing less than himself. God gives us nothing less than his whole self in the Holy Spirit. God grants the Holy Spirit irrevocably to those who believe. And the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit be your strength. Let the Holy Spirit be the wind beneath your wings. Let the Holy Spirit be the song and melody in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit be your defender and advocate. Let the Holy Spirit be all that he has said he is in and through you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we come to take communion together, we remember Jesus. This is, this, Jesus saw this. You know Jesus had the joy set before him to endure the cross. He knew, I will accomplish this for you and another helper will come. And he will guide you into all truth. So when we celebrate communion, we're celebrating what Jesus accomplished on our behalf, that the Holy Spirit might come and might abide with us and in us. 
And when we sing this closing song of praise to Jesus, we're thanking him for accomplishing the task of the cross that allowed God's very spirit in the Father and the Son to be made real in us by the gift he grants to us, the promise of the Father, of the Holy Spirit. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks to the Father for it. Thank you, Father, for every good gift comes down from above from you, the Father of lights, in whom there is no shifting shadow or variation. You are truth itself. Thank you, Jesus, for being and offering up your body, the very bread of life, that all who would believe in you be granted forgiveness of sins and receive the power of the Holy Spirit take this bread in faith believing it is representative of the body Jesus that you offered upon that tree we take it now together as your body the body of Christ let us partake together in the same manner he took the cup he said, this is the cup of the new covenant and my blood given for you for the remission of sins. The cup of the new covenant. My blood, Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me and do it and remember my death until I come. Thank you for your shed blood, Jesus. That washes away every stain, cleans us, justifies us makes us new creations in you for the Holy Spirit to be able to indwell us. Thank you, Jesus, for the power in your blood. Let us partake together. And let us sing and praise to Jesus, our Messiah.
Hallelujah. Please receive this blessing. Holy Spirit, poured out from heaven, be poured upon all those who believe and put their trust in you today in new measures and in new ways and send us out to be lights in this dark world. In Jesus' name, amen. Love one another. Lord, bless my beautiful granddaughter, Audrey, with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Audrey. Get uncorded. And I just felt the righteous. Oh, I want you to read it and give it to her. It's okay. Yeah. Thank you, John. I love the verse.